This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans. He is so charismatic. podcast episodes were the number of recorded unprovoked shark attacks worldwide in the year 2021 as recorded by the international shark attack file you'd know this has to be episode 73 of the harmonious gentleman man do you know what shark week yes isn't it perfect yeah, timing it's awesome also there were 39 provoked shark attacks Whoa. i don't know how they delineate that i didn't oh, read you too far unprovoked. yeah these were unprovoked 73 and 39 provoked? Yeah, so like okay. you punched it first or chummed the water. I don't know what. Well, I saw a video on Reddit earlier. It was a guy with like a baby shark, and he was kind of nibbling, just trying to grab the shark, and he, and he, he bit the guy's pinky off. I kind of wish I hadn't seen it. Oh, off. Clean off. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you see things online you wish you hadn't seen. Yeah, whoops. Yeah, yeah. that's one of those things. Ouch. No, that was a good one. I was just in the ocean recently. And? Um, it was provoked really fun. Didn't see any attacks. sharks. Oh, okay. Um, many crabs. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Any jellyfish? Yeah. Some jellyfish. I think, have you ever looked at, like, and listeners, I'd ask you to do this. Check out, uh, like, Google a map of the Great White Sharks uh, domain or territory. Okay. It's kind of awesome. Is it large? It's literally the Everywhere. entire <laughs> world. Like, every part of every ocean is just wow. whatever color the map is. Yeah. Well, I'm Graham. Yeah. I'm, and I'm Tyler. And I'm Chris. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, it's good to say our names because we haven't been heard from for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't released an episode. We haven't done much on social media. It's just been summer mode. Yeah. 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 Summer's pretty awesome. When we take this much time, I'm almost overwhelmed with confession ideas. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to, like, put your best confession forward. It's pretty awesome. We're recording at Cilantro and Chive, one of our wonderful sponsors. And so maybe you'll hear that ambient noise in the background. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the... South end of Red Deer, their Red Deer location. Yeah, in their like private room, dining room. Riley, the owner's already been really good to us, yeah. setting us up and moving us around. And so, one advantage to waiting longer between episodes is we have more feedback to mm-hmm. um, relay and respond to. Uh, Ty, what do you got? Well, we have an email from loyal listener Marcel, and he says, "Hey, harmonious gentlemen, how are you guys?" I've recently been listening to your old episodes and listened to the Evolution one, which was always one of my favorites. Towards the end, you mentioned that it's going to have to be a two-part episode. So here's a friendly reminder that you guys should follow up on it. Love hearing your different takes on it. By the way, if you want to learn about an absolutely insane and brutal cult, look up Ant Hill Kids. Keep up the great work. Mm. Your former favorite student, Marcel. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So thanks, Marcel. Ant Hill Kids. Yeah, I like the, the cult recommendation there. I've never heard of it. Have you heard of Ant Hill Kids? No. No. I thought it was a band. <laughs> uh, M. Gunter also reached out to us, and she has a very short email, but just it's a recommendation. She says, Charles Manson, best cult story ever. Read Chaos by Tom O'Neill if you get the chance. And shout cool. out to my mom, who also listened to an episode, yeah. the cult one specifically, and gave me the book The Godmakers. Which is a book I have already read, but it's about cults. So okay. if you need another, if you really cool. want to read about cults this summer, <laughs> there's two books for you Chaos and The Godmakers. It seems like it's a popular thing right now cults and cult leaders. And another email actually from Sherilyn that says, if no one's recommended it, here's a good Scientology podcast. And it's called Fair Game, hosted by Leah Remini. Sorry. 
from the King of Queens show, and Mike Rinder, both ex-Scientologists. Hmm. I've heard it's good. Cool. I've yeah. not listened to that either. Good and one. Thanks. Ex-Scientologists always get like hounded like crazy, so they have a lot of good stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we talked about Scientology in our last episode. It's kind of cool. All three emails give a, a different recommendation follow-up yeah. to that episode. If you didn't hear it, you could see what they're talking about. Yep. And check it out. Check it out. So, Chris, uh, how are you feeling tonight? Feeling really good. It's yeah. good to be back with you guys. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know what we're going to talk about, I'm excited. Well, Tyler and I have a, a bit of an idea. Okay. Yeah. And we're really proud idea. of it. Oh, good. Yeah. We're proud of our idea, and it's yeah. ours. Dogs. Oh. <laughs> This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive, fresh, simple eats in central Alberta. Their love for building others up is as delicious as their burger of the month. So during the break, I was informed that we're not actually talking about dogs. <laughs> oh, come on. So Chris, there were uh, That's disappointing. for surprise. But um, I'm going to recommend a book um, by Kurt Vonnegut. Ooh. And Graham, you actually bought this book for me. Can Ooh. you name it? Yeah. Um, it I is... Remember this. Slaughterhouse Five. Nice. Um, I just read it for the second time um, on on holidays. It's a great book. Nice satire. I like satire. Yeah. Um, I must have given that to you six or seven years ago. Now. Yeah, I, and I read it immediately afterwards. Yeah. And then it's kind of a nice short book to take on a trip. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll. I assumed I would finish it during the time I was away, and yeah, it's great. Good read. It's funny. It's sad. But it makes you makes you think a little too, and well, yeah, just really well written. Good Could book. Could you see doing using it in high school? I, Would it be? Yeah, a, I'd I like think to. It has been in yeah, I'm sure they have the some, some places. It's if you haven't, if you're now we've piqued your interest and you want to know a little bit more. It is kind of an anti-war book, but it's uh, it also has elements of like this this guy has it jumps back and forth from different parts of his life and he's reflecting on his time in the war and mm. his aliens. There's, yeah, I wasn't going to say that because it might turn people off a little bit, but... I know. Um, well, there's sci-fi aspects. There's a little sci-fi <laughs> aspect to it, but... Is there a slaughterhouse? Yeah. Like, they... Yeah. But it's not a, made, a big part of it. Have you read any Kurt Vonnegut books? What are some other ones? Uh, Breakfast of Champions, no. Cat's Cradle. No. No. Yeah. They're good. good I think one of my confessions early on was that I lied to you that said I had read it, <laughs> but I never have. And I still haven't. I think I told you that Sirens of Titan is my favorite one. So if you ever see oh, that yeah. one, it's yeah, I've only read Slaughterhouse Five. But. Cool, nice. Well, it's good. I'm going to recommend a show based on a book. It's called Foundation. You can find it on Apple TV. Um, it's an Isaac Asimov sci-fi. So it's old, old, like probably yeah. I don't know, seventy, eighty years old kind of book. But really well done. Ten part series. I think there's it just got greenlit for a second season. Um, it's. Yeah, human beings living throughout a galaxy and an empire that controls them and sort of a mathematician who stumbled upon um, a formula that predicts the end of, like, this empirical dynasty. It's really yeah. cool. I actually I haven't seen the show, but I've read the book. And I'm, cu- I'm curious about the show because it's for a sci-fi, there's not a lot of action. No. And, like, it's... I mean, they opted a bit the way, probably the way you, for the show. The way you summed it up was sounds accurate to the book like i remember thinking this is so slow and so political hmm. but once i got into it i i really enjoyed it so. a lot of that i just it's so beautiful to look at like i just it's very okay. epically 
you know, filmed and produced. <laughs> They've done a really nice job and with it. And then the budget's on, like, TV shows I don't, now, hey? That's what I... When you watch it, it's like, how did they do this? Because yeah. <laughs> every episode looks like a movie. Have you seen the, the new um, Lord of the Rings show trailer? Yeah. It just looks like the movies are, like, better. Looks amazing, actually. Sorry, I'm not saying it looks like it might be a better quality no. story, but the visuals are incredible. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hate to do a second show, and I normally wouldn't do a second show, but I have to for this one. So you guys know me, and my, one of my favorite shows of all time is called Nathan For You. Right. With Nathan yeah. Fielder. And he has a brand new show okay. on Crave, HBO, called Rehearsal, or The Rehearsal. And only one episode has come out so far. So I'm recommending an entire Whoa, show. Oh, this is new. Brand new. Came out this week. Um, You're really on the cutting edge. I actually, it has been out for a few days, and I realized it last night. So I got on it, watched the whole thing. I, I adored it. Like his other show, it's hard to describe really what it's about. But it's essentially, he helps people confront things, regrets, issues. Hmm. But he lets them rehearse the conversations beforehand. Oh, cool. So in the first episode, this guy is going to meet a, a friend of his in a bar. So he recreates the bar. It's kind of ridiculous. He rebuilds the bar, like, <laughs> seat by seat. Hires wow. all these actors so this guy can practice his conversation. Whoa. And then he has the real thing at the end. And it gets tense. It's, it's so but funny. It, is it like his other show? Like, Nathan, for you, is like... He's like pranking and kind of mocking. It's got a similar tone. vibe for sure. Is it like that? I wouldn't say it's, this is as mocking. This is more of like a character study than it is like a mocking thing. Is it like heartfelt? Like it sounds yes. like it could be like a yeah yeah. It's more he- heartfelt for sure. It's it's if you like Nathan for you, it's it's not that different, but it's it but it is in, in terms of like it's not exploiting people, you know, within capitalism. Like it was all about like small business, and this yeah. is not about that at all. Hmm. Uh, the first episode, it's a guy who lied about having a master's degree a long time ago to his friends, and he wants to come clean. That's really what, that's okay. what the, the basis is. But is this true or like... Yeah, yeah real people. And Re- it's, oh, okay. so it's a real reality people. show, sort of. Oh, it's a reality. Okay. But it's very subversive, and, and I would just go into it. If you don't like it, it's cool, but I, I, I adore it. So, hmm. yeah. Neat. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, well, we should get to our, our actual topic. It feels like this is going to be a really long episode. It feels like a recommendation. We just can't stop talking. I know. But I we've got a lot to say. We haven't talked in a long time. <laughs> That's right. We should probably stop for, stop for a moment. Okay. Um, but, Graham, do you want to fill us in on what we're going to talk about? Well, there's a lot of things. I, I appreciate what Marcel said in his email, that we should go back to certain topics. Evolution yeah. was a really interesting episode. I would love to start mining some old episodes. And so Tyler and I were talking about that. This is not that. Um, but it does, there are elements of this topic that we'll probably weave in between past episodes. We want to talk about nationalism tonight on the podcast. What is nationalism? The rise of nationalism. Um, it's kind of very current. It's kind of happening all over the world. What yeah. is it? Why is it? Are we cool with it? What are we seeing? Um, that's what we're going to talk about. So I, I'm not totally sure where this is going to go, but I'm pretty confident it's going to be good. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. I like your confidence. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It's good to go in with confidence. I can't wait. You brought a book. I did. And I love when people bring books to the podcast. Wow. What's your book called? It's called Political Visions and Illusions, a Survey of Christian Critique of Contemporary Ideologies. Whoa, that's a mouthful. It's by a great guy named David Coises. Yeah. And he talks about different um, political affiliations and ideologies and how they can be used inappropriately. So his critique is kind of like when people are whole hog on one political ideology like communism or capitalism 
um, what can that do to your belief system and how do people end up kind of using that to replace what maybe supposed to be a religious kind of okay. uh, affiliation. So here's what he says about nationalism. Nationalists identify ultimate evil, so like what's wrong with the world, they would think, with being ruled by someone unlike oneself, whether this unlikeness be racial, cultural, linguistic, or religious. So I think the mm-hmm. argument he's making is that um, people, nationalists want to see themselves represented in their leadership, and they're more comfortable when that happens. Yeah, I don't know if that defines nationalism, but it's an element of it. No, and I think Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like isms or ideologies or like belief systems or ways of thinking, looking at the world, and nation is the, I guess, bedrock in nationalism. It's the the root of it, right? So yeah, I like that quote talks about how it can be all kinds of things can make up a nation right yeah. like a nation can be ge- geographical or it can be skin color or all those things right so Ty, when yeah you, i like thinking about it that way when you like you teach about this in your in classes yeah what like what are things that come up when you talk about with students about nationalism in particular well the the word patriotism is really similar and so that's a lot of our our conversation is about what's the difference between those two things um and both are about pride or related to mm-hmm. pride, like pride in your nation. And I think when we talk patriotism, we're usually talking like political, like your country. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they're both about pride. But patriotism is more like, well, I actually just read this today. Patriotism is being proud of what your country has done. And nationalism is being proud of your country no matter what it has done. Hmm. So it's the way, and I've used this phrase with students too, like nationalism is patriotism on like an unhealthy amount of steroids. Like it's just, it's so, it's directs all the decision making. It's, um, is patriotism like the entry drug to nationalism? Like, is it like once you're patriotic, you'll end up as a nationalist or hmm. not necessarily? I think it, it could be. And if I think about my own kind of experience with patriotism and pride, towards being a Canadian like I would say it it's almost it's a spectrum yeah like you're and it's the way you think of it can evolve over time like there's times when I've been really proud of what my country has done and probably times when I've been proud of Canada in an unhealthy way Mm -hmm. Um, but now I think where I'm at is I'm very critical of Canada but still happy to be Canadian if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But maybe you even noticed that I avoided using the word proud. But you're so patri- maybe we need to, I need to, you guys need to ask me more questions. But Sounds like you're patriotic, but you're not nationalistic. Well, that's what I try to be. Yeah. Is that the but ideal? I don't know. Yeah. What, well, what do you think? I think, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel proud to be Canadian, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. What makes I, you proud? What yeah, makes that's, you a, that's a good question. I think because I love Canada, but I can't really explain why. Just because I'm from here, maybe, and yeah. it meant a, means a lot to me that my family came from other countries to be here. Um, I'm proud of our history in terms of the wars, and I don't even know if that's something I should be proud of. But mm-hmm. it's like, um, you know, standing up for people when, and that you know, when you think of World War II, which is really about nationalism. Mm-hmm. on an epic scale, right? That the Germany's Germany's Nazi party, which is literally the national party, um, 
that Canada stood up to that and that people volunteered because they wanted to fight for freedom. But th- sometimes now I wonder if that's what's worth being proud of. But um, those are things I'm proud of. And then when I watch, I don't know, the Olympics or something like that, yeah. I get that feeling too. I can't really explain why. One one way of thinking about it that that I kind of every once in a while I go here is I, I think maybe even being patriotic is dangerous. Dangerous? Yeah. Like, well, you mentioned like an entry drug or... Like, in those examples, you talk about being proud of Canada for its role in the war or Canada for its performance at the Olympics. Like, it's really people, right? Like, that you're proud of the, their actions or their virtues that they're demonstrating. Yeah. So, can a country, should they, or does a country, like, does Canada deserve, like, Credit your your praise or your... Right. Because it was people who did that. So maybe the people you can be proud of or the virtues that a country holds up you can be proud mm. of. But maybe the we do even less patriotic people mm. maybe are too, too quick to give credit to a country or a nation. Now, does that make any sense, what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah, it does. Oftentimes, my students will like, we'll talk about hockey, and they'll be like, do you like the Flames or Oilers, which are language? And I'm like, well, I'm from... I'm from BC, so I'm a, I'm a Canucks fan. And it's, it's kind of like that's just by virtue of me being born. Yeah, it's just there. geographical yeah. location. Which is the exact same thing. Not the exact same thing, but it's very it's similar. Very similar. Like when we say we're proud of Canada, it's like, well, we, of course we are. We were born here. We're Canadian. Um, it's part of our identity. Yeah, like is that, not that it cheapens it, but it almost trivializes what it really means. Like that you're just born here. So that's what we, that's what we're told. And we're told to sing the anthem every week at school and... And it instills but, in us. But there's also something about Canada that drew people from other places. Okay, that, that's yeah. interesting, yeah. I think, right? Like there were freedoms here that people thought were important to share and to give to others, including not just the people that were here first, but the people that came, came later. Yeah. Although the people that were here first often didn't re- ironically <laughs> receive those same freedoms. Um, hopefully that's changing. So there's something about that that like Canada is a freedom loving place, right. I think. Like, and that although I've always believed that. Well, and like I, I, I'm gonna say, I don't, I don't feel the older I've, as I've grown up and learned more about Canada and seen more, I, I do become a little more proud of what I see and, and what I believe are the. But the other thing too, like the things that you or Tyler identify as like things that we're proud of in Canada. Does every Canadian share that? Like, do we right. all value the same things? Do we all look at the same things and think and feel the same way? Because I think there's people who I've seen. Just sorry, Tyler, but it's like some of the stuff I've seen the last couple of years. I'm like, I don't think that's the Canada that I'm seeing or that I'm proud of. Like, it's a different version, maybe, of Canada. That might be a di- another topic. But mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, I was gonna make an analogy for kind of what we're talking about here. Like, if you lived in the neighborhood. And if I think back to when I was in college and I lived with a bunch of roommates and there, we had friends who lived together over here and there and there. And sometimes there'd be a little shuffle and, like, someone would move into your house or whatever. Um, that you would hear about, like, this is a good house to live in, right? Like, a good house to, to move to. So people would. But in that situation, I think it's pretty easy to say it's not the house that drew people there, right? It's, like, the, the culture created by the people there. Yeah. Or the virtues or the, the actual like personality of the individuals there who create yeah, the, the, the house, right? It's not the physical house that drew people there. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm proud of 4504, whatever, Otwell Road or whatever it was <laughs> where I lived there. But like I was 
proud to like live with that group of guys and i, I would have yeah. that's kind of the way i think about countries now too and graham you said it like it's to be canadian you just have to be born here so or or you can immigrate you can be canadian and not be born here yeah and i think so we've mentioned world war ii if you're a new canadian that you may not be proud of canada's participation in world war ii but does that make you less of a canadian or less patriotic right maybe less patriotic but yeah i'm asking the same question you guys just asked after all that but. so we toured through europe a number of years ago when we were in france and there's a beautiful ridge called vimy in south of france and there's a monument built by the french for canadian soldiers actually maybe the canadians built it but the land is actually like gifted to canadians because of their efforts during World War One, and when I saw that, like I was like kind of overcome with uh, what was that feeling? Pride? I don't really know. Like yeah. patriotism? That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful. It's amazing that you have that powerful reaction to it. Like yeah. that says something. But now that I'm thinking about it, like reflecting, on it, I'm not even sure what what was that. Like <laughs> why did I even? Well, care? we should uh, we should maybe order another drink, maybe a Canadian, okay. and. Help. Um, <laughs> I do want to ask you guys, like, I want to ask about nationalism and why it's bad. Hmm. Or is it? Or is it bad? Maybe it's awesome. Yeah. Like, before we take a break? I think we should take a break. I grew up in Bower, which is a subdivision in Red Deer, and I remember thinking as a kid, like, Bower is the best part of Red Deer. And then when I thought of Red Deer, it was the best part of Alberta. And then I think Alberta was the best part of Canada, and Canada was the best part of the world. Like, it yeah. it all was about where I was, right? So depending yeah. on... So I kind of had a mini sense of nationalism going on, I think. Yeah. But yeah. it was strictly based on my geographic location. <laughs> yeah. I, and right. there wasn't necessarily anything that I could point to that was, like, actually better than West Park or Lethbridge or Saskatchewan. Or yeah, or the actual best part of Red Deer, Anders. <laughs> well, we hated, <laughs> we hated you guys. <laughs> so, Chris, is there anything inherently so, wrong with you feeling that way growing up? I guess, like, what was your definition of nationalism against Ty, again, Ty? Well, I'm not reading this, but to paraphrase, like... To put the interests of your nation above the interests of other nations. Right. So I guess if it was, like, to the exclusion of every... Like, I only I deserve to be, then maybe that's a problem. But more it was just, like, pride in where I came from, I think. Right. But could there have been a situation where you encountered someone from Anders or Sunnybrook or something yeah. and, like, treated them differently because of this sense of, like, Bauer is better... Like, you're going to get the best time on our rink because you're from Bauer. Or I don't even know like, <laughs> or, uh, how that yeah. could translate to anything. But it never yeah. led to fights or anything like that. But but it could. It could have, I guess. Yeah. Because I would have yeah. liked Bauer kids more. Yeah. They do sound way cooler than Anders kids. <laughs> yeah. We had the mall. Yeah. What do you Anders guys have going for you? Yeah. We always bike to Bauer Mall. So. <laughs> See? We let you in. Well, when I think about nationalism, and we talked about this to the detriment of other nations. Yeah. Like, don't you want your leadership to be making it as good as... Your life is as, as, as good as possible for people living in their... If they're your leaders, so they should be doing everything in your best interest. Right. And if there's a, if there's a, a, if there's a case where they can make your life better whilst making another nation's life worse, they will. 
But this definition but, almost makes me think like you're willing to screw somebody to make your life better, right? Sure. Oh, and you're saying no problem. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying I'm just saying like it's it's hard to if you're a leader and you're elected by the people in that country to do things yeah. for them. And I'm just saying it's like it's it's a given that that's going to be what you want to start with. I don't know. And in some ways, at least nationalism admits that we're doing things sure. for our country. Like, yeah. of course, every leader does that. Yeah. So because that's what your job is. Like, I want to oh. sit here and say, like, nationalism is evil and it's it's not respecting human life. And it's but I have to like try to understand that, like, that's just the nature of the beast, I guess. When you yeah. have nations, you have nationalism. Right. Yeah. Well, and we're, like, we've become very globalized, right? Like, we're interconnected, we're... But globalism isn't very attractive if you're a politician in a specific nation, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I would say I'm, I'm more of a, or I want to be more of a globalist than a nationalist. Yeah. Like, I want to put the needs of, of just people, like, ahead of... Nobody, I guess, right? right. Like, if, if we're all... But if you're a politician, like, I don't know if we said this in the break or while recording, but, Graham, you said, like, nationalism seems to be on the on the rise, right? And I think that's because politicians, like, are riding that, that wave. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to make life better for my nation, I'll get elected. And it's easy to vilify a group of people to make people scared and worried to... Like it's, yeah. it's part of the strategy. Yeah, yeah. To bring it back to Chris's initial thing he read about wanting to be led by people like us, right? And I, I don't know if that's what is that what you're talking about with like the yeah. vilify, like like yeah, with with Trump with building the wall right away, like it's that's a nationalist yeah, isolationist. That like him win an election. Yeah, it, it was oh, the totally. foundation of his. It's his, like his I'm going to make right? life better for our nation by keeping outsiders out. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I'm not saying you're naive, Tyler. And I agree with the globalist perspective. But do you think that in our world, like somebody wants the power? So even if it's a globalist view, like somebody still wants to be in control of that. Is that even possible to have hmm. people's best interests at heart if they're not part of your tribe well, or nation? I think. Yeah, I don't know how it would actually. Like, I'm not advocating for like a global no government I, I don't or anything. Hear that but at like, all, but, <laughs> but I think when it comes ideally, to, that's what you would want, though. Well, just when decisions are being made by, in even in Canada, like if the decisions are to the detriment of others, then I I think I have a problem with that, and that can happen even within Canada, right? Where like certain parts of Canada, or certain, yeah, certain cultures, who also identify as a nation within Canada, their needs are met before others. If that if that makes sense. Do you sense. think but, there is an element of like we have to make we have to identify like other to make nationalism work. Like these people yeah. aren't as good as us or are better than us. And we're striving to be like them. So but we to need have to a be nation, united. You need to, there is like, there exclusive, has to be like there has to be a, yeah. a dividing line. I think, I think so. I think so kind too. Of na- the nature of it. You have to, no. I have a scenario or a question, or maybe we'll just cut this part. But so let's say your leader is trying to make decisions um, for his country, but keeping other countries in mind and trying to be trying to be fair and not. So let's say all of a sudden our leadership says, you know what, you're no, we're no longer going to import clothing that's made in sweatshops. So the price of your T-shirt is now sixty dollars. Yeah. Because it's made here ethically across the whole country. 
all your clothing is now 10 times the price. How, how, how do you guys feel? Like, what would that do? They wouldn't get elected, uh, is my guess. It, but you know like, what? If you were a nationalist, you should vote for that because that's going to give jobs to people sure. in your country right. and give well, people a living. It, right? what, like yeah. that, that's actually, if you're a nationalist, that's what you should support. Okay, yeah. But it wouldn't go well because... <laughs> I know, it wouldn't go well. Gas is already two bucks a liter, so it would be hard sell. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking the, the world is so complex. Right. You know, it's just... I think you pull on one string and you realize, oh, it's all attached. Like, how do you yeah. undo those decisions? Yeah. I have a question for you guys, but maybe we should take a quick little break. It's about the Canadian flag. Oh. Uh-oh. I love flags, questions, and breaks. <laughs> Okay, guys, imagine the red and white maple leaf flag fluttering in the breeze. Oh, the breeze. Um, how does that make you feel? That's part A of the question. Part B is, has that changed over time? Yes, it's changed over time. Initially, it makes me want to sing O Canada, doesn't it, Chris? Yep. Stand at oh, attention. okay. <laughs> well, Tyler, um, I will say that the last couple of years... With the freedom convoy movements and the like, um, actually, um, protesters who station themselves every week right outside this very restaurant by Slancho and Chive every Saturday, I think, yeah. with their flags and signs, um, that has affected how I view the Canadian flag for sure. Hmm. Uh, I, but I, I don't know about the flag itself; it's the use of the flag, and so it's me being judgmental, I guess. But I just see the flag and I kind of make certain assumptions that yeah. I never would have made a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, fair, fair or not? It's tricky, right, with symbols because people can kind of use them how they see fit, and so I think that's what's cool about them is that I can't control it. And I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. What I still love about our country is that people can say what they want, and that that's really important, even if I don't disagree, especially when I don't disagree with them. Mm-hmm. I said when I don't disagree, but especially okay. when I don't agree. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this I've driven by this restaurant. We're at Cilantro and Chive, once again. And I've been really offended in some ways by the way the flag's been used. And it's been like, oh, you guys. But then I kind of go back to, yeah, you have the right to do it. And but does, it, does it frustrate you? Does it frustrate you that they're using the flag, kind of saying you only belong to our nation if you agree with what's on my sign here? Like... That's the way, when I hmm. see that, it's like they're saying, this is the Canadian this perspective. This is actually what Canada is about. Is, right. And so right. I agree with you that Canada is about being able to have multiple perspectives. But when one group kind of claims it yeah. and says so this So I is, guess what I'm trying to do when I drive by is not do the same thing by saying, actually, that isn't what Canada is about. It's about this. Right. Yeah. I could easily do exactly what they're doing, like, so in a I got you back sort of way. If I gave you a car flag a flag to mount on your vehicle would you do so i've never been a bumper sticker guy so (laughs) no but i I like what you're but what you're asking is good though it's a really good question i wouldn't i'd be a little more reluctant to display the flag because of what people would assume about me because i would assume those same things yeah so when you do claim a flag for a movement that's that's sad is when you're like you don't want to be associated with it 
because what you think people might think of you. Right. That's and it's, too bad. It's kind of a shame. It's, it's, it's like, a shame. It's part of what happens when you... And they should be able to use the flag, but it's a shame. And it's... Right. When the flag is next to a sign as I drive by that says vaccinations are child abuse, which is what their sign said the other day. Right. That really, that really makes me sad. You know. so this book that I brought with me has another quotation that says, Nothing can argue people who feel themselves to be a nation out of the belief that they are a nation. <laughs> so those people are like a subculture of yeah. Canadian nationalism who are claiming, and I, I like the way you said that, Tyler, like, this is what it means to be Canadian. We right. think, yeah, and now yeah. we're going to use, and and then we're going to stamp the flag on that. It's like eh. it's almost like they got it first, right? They got the flag first, yeah. and now no one else. So can what are use you guys going to use? Because you're clearly not Canadians if you don't think like us. And it's almost yeah. like um, it's a getting older thing, where you know, for a long time, I just assumed that what makes us Canadian, we all agree with, we all agree with what being Canadian is. But then I see that, and I think, ah, your, your view of Canada is not is not mine, mm. or, or it deviates, or. Your values are not my values. Uh, and yet we share the flag. Like, unless you're indigenous, at one point your families came to this country from somewhere else. And what drew them here was probably the idea, I'm making a huge assumption, that there was, a, like, freedom to be had here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so if they knew that they had to come to a place where they had to fit a certain mold, maybe they wouldn't have come. Right. Or maybe they would have because they would have identified with that. But... Yeah. Um... That's just sad to me that, like, it seems like the, the founding principles of Canada are diversity and equity, not everybody should be like we are. Right. Well, growing up, that's diversity and equity are what I thought were what yeah. it was. But I just yeah. see... And maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe the average Canadian would agree with that. Maybe just the loudest people are the ones that are tainting that for me a little bit, potentially. Do you think over time we just... And I know there's going to be exceptions, but we, we migrate to where we feel most comfortable. I know. And, yeah. then, you, and then you want to break off at right. some point and just be like, let's just be our own nation because we're... Like, is the reaction to nationalism to create alternative nationalism? <laughs> yeah. Like, that sucks if yeah. that's right. what it is. Yeah, we're... That's a good point. Well, people talk about well, how divided we are all the time, right? So then let's just divide and like be our own... <laughs> two things like that's the but i think there's no end to that like no, you, exactly. you divide and then you the camp that you're in you realize oh we also don't agree on that thing we never even talked about that before so now <laughs> we got to divide again that's where i think yeah i don't know if i'm just gonna make up a thing like uh virtuism instead of nationalism like if you put your if your top priority isn't just the nation like the people who are like you or the the however you identify or define nation that's not the top it's virtue is at the top so there's like a set of virtues that you think are important and that drives decision making and policy and stuff mm. and i think that's kind of what canada is or used to be a little bit more right or at least the way we're talking about canada about being inclusive and multicultural and welcoming like those are virtues that i'm proud of yeah Right, so as long as Canada is able to keep doing that, then I will be happy to be a Canadian. Right, like it's it's like certain virtues, but and even virtues are people define them differently. Like freedom as a virtue, right? Like I think we yeah. define freedom differently from maybe each certain other people. or even people who protest outside these doors. Mm. But what so do you guys? Yeah. Sorry, do you have? 
You go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to say in this, like, if you're trying to be harmonious with people who appear nationalistic to you, is do you think it's possible to identify what it is they're rallying around and, like, give voice to that and also include them in your idea of national nation or not? Well, the, is that too hard? A lot of what we take in, I think, as media is very American. But, but, but yeah. if I'm thinking about Canadian current movements i think you mentioned freedom like that's that's the big thing right now is the is the so they they would see that to be canadian is to have freedoms and i think that the freedoms that they're talking about are are like medical in nature right like i'm just trying to pinpoint like what the discussion might actually be like yeah. what would i actually want to talk about and that might be those those the like covid revealed a bunch of like rules that we had to try to follow and you don't have freedom anymore if you have those rules. So I don't even know what I would say. Yeah. I don't. Does that well, make sense? I, I yeah. think it, it kind of comes with your question, Chris. Like, I, I do find it hard to find common ground. I think that's kind of what you're asking, right? Like with people who you disagree with. I find it yeah. hard when I view their perspective as exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's more about like their own... And we're all selfish. I get that part. But, like, I think I'm more of a collectivist than an individualist. So when I see people, their their perspective is excluding others or harming others, I find it really hard to be harmonious in yeah. those situations yeah. or even no, to want fair. to. But So um, I, th- this is not nationalism. Um, but at the parade today, there was a... The Red Deer Parade, there was a like a Alberta sovereignty float. Uh, Which is got, a political party? I don't know if it was a political party necessarily. Just an idea. Yeah. Doesn't like doesn't one of the front runners of the UCP leadership want to like, talk about that sometimes? Doesn't really matter, but I think we're good. Um, Tyler, is, it, with, with, with the separatist thing in Alberta, which is kind of in our area, would that would that be an offshoot of nationalism in <laughs> some way? Because that. Maybe when I brought the topic up, I was wrong on what it even means, but... No, I think... I don't know if we would, like, in our current, like, context, it, people w- might not use that word. Yeah. But yeah. I think... I think it is. Like, if you were an Albertan who identified Alberta as your nation, like, the, the values and virtues of Albertans is what holds your identity together, then I think you could call that nationalism. Because right. nationalism, like we've, as we've kind of said, doesn't have to be a political country, right? It could, like, and there's other things we haven't really talked about, like, uh, or even different na- versions of nationalism, like white nationalism, Christian nationalism, right? Where they yeah. they define their nation a little differently, or it's like a hybrid of like their political con- the country unit like yeah. the political unit that they yeah. belong to but also you're only Canadian or American if you align with these Christian principles as well so like yeah. Alberta the Alberta one I think would fit in there too where mm-hmm. it's like Albertan nationalism or yeah yeah like we I don't think we would use that it, it would it's kind of confusing but really similar for sure I'd like to tackle Christian nationalism one one time. What do you guys think? Mm. I think it's a pretty big subsect of this discussion, for sure. And there's a lot lot there to dive into. Well, are you going to fly the flag on the way home, Tyler? No, I am not. Okay. (laughs) 
No, I am not. Do you guys have a Canada flag in your ho- home or inside your house or anywhere sort of Do visible? I have one well, somewhere, maybe. This was. I have a few. Like you said, that we've. It's been a while, so we have a number of confessions backed up. So I'll give. <laughs> I have to talk about this one right now. I went for. Uh, we were camping, Grandma. I was with you, actually. I went for a run, and I wore a, a shirt that had a Canadian flag on it um, that I got from my friend uh, who competed in the Olympics. He gave me this little nice. jersey, and I, was, uh, I ran in it. But then I, once I finished, I quickly took it off just because I didn't want to be walking around all day with a Canadian flag on my shirt. Wow. Ooh. So, like, that's... Wow. Which is what you guys have talked about. Like it, it's a fear of how others are going to view me because I'm wearing a Canadian flag. It's not that I hate the Canadian flag. I love... It's yeah. a nice flag. But, yeah. yeah. So, no, I will not be <laughs> flying a Canadian flag on my car. Send email. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like. I don't know what we've said tonight, but... <laughs> I'm sure there's something to argue. I'm sure there's lots to argue. If but I taught you social 30 and you want to correct anything that I've said. Now's your chance. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, we could confess the whole episode or we could just do our own confessions. But that's... Yeah. Maybe let's do that. back my confession i've already sort of alluded to it but this morning at the parade downtown right by our house we walked down and we enjoyed it and um but my confession is that i booed a float (laughs) out loud (laughs) thumbs down wow um out loud and i had a response from my significant other uh and embarrassed my (laughs) children but uh like i said there was (laughs) there were a few well there are a few politicians that, that that rolled by and I just kind of gave, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the policies. Just kind of kept my hands. You remain neutral? Yeah. So there were some people that, that rolled on by that I just, you know, you don't really clap for them. That's fine. You know, you stay classy. But then the Alberta Sovereignty one kind of rolled by. And there was this big sign, like, I, just, I don't remember what it said. Something like, screw, screw Ottawa or something like that. It was just <laughs> yeah. like, at a parade, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, this is, we're in, we're in Alberta. We're in Canada. Like, there's... RCMP everyone's cheering on you're going to roll on with your float that advocates for leaving the country just like frick so I was annoyed I was annoyed okay so I booed them and thumbs down and these the sweet old lady who was on the back of the truck looked over at me looked pretty sad I I thought oh whoops so that's my confession is that I is that I definitely booed did Um, anyone else join in no or was it just you no just just me there wasn't a whole there weren't a whole lot of clappers for this float, which was kind of sweet, actually. They so it was quiet. It was quite quiet, so my Ooh. booing was more obvious. And then my son did ask, like, what's, what's wrong, Dad? I'm like, oh, I love you. Nothing. <laughs> so anyway. Let's go play if, Lego. If little old lady is listening, I'm really sorry. I just feel like, I feel like the Alberta thing is just such a <laughs> stupid, ridiculous, like, oh, it's not funny. relevant. It's just, sorry, whatever. Who's next? Okay, I'll go. This is embarrassing. It's... <laughs> I was at the gym uh, a few days ago, and Shannon and I have been eating fairly healthy, and lately we've been eating quite a bit of broccoli. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so on the elliptical, the pressure was mounting, and I felt like 
I kind of need to take care of this. And I looked around to my right and to my left over my shoulder, nobody near. So I just released the pressure just slightly, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And kind of went on my way for another 10 minutes. And then when I got off, I realized directly behind me on the um, stair climber (laughs) was a guy. And when I got off, he didn't boo me. (laughs) But he gave me a pretty good stink eye, (laughs) if you know what I mean. So I was... (laughs) Fairly, no let's just say it's the first and last time I'll do that at the gym. So he was just—he was just out of your peripheral, like you couldn't like blind spot. Yeah, he was in your blind spot. Because I right. kind of right shoulder check, left shoulder check. <laughs> was, it, was it loud? No. Well, I had your headphones on. So. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, I always—I don't know if you guys like—I always take the headphones out before I do it, just so know how much noise. <laughs> Uh, hey man, you know what the moral uh, is? You're eating healthy. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. That's the awesome. Price that's to pay. You're at the gym eating healthy. Like that's awesome. Right, right. That's yeah. the story. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of happen in yoga studios quite often? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah things maybe that up. would be yeah, brutal. People just let it go. Yeah, I think you're good. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that guy. So, Chris, a little trivia for you. Do you yeah. know where Air Bud, like the, do you know the movie Air Bud? Yeah. First of all, the, the golden dog retriever actor. Guy? Where yeah. they originate? Where the dog is it's from? Somewhere in the States, but I don't know where. No, from Black Falls, Alberta. No. And did you know that I had a dog named Buddy? Really? Growing up, like in high school. Because of Airbud? It was the actor in Airbud. No. It was. The dog actor. The dog actor. Yeah. Yeah. Your dog you owned the dog that was in Airbud? I did. I did not know this. But I can't believe I've never heard this before. Well, I have told many people this. Anyone who knew me in high school, this was kind of a talking point, oh. kind of like a bragging thing. Okay, I think I know <laughs> where you're going with this. And it is true, or I think it was true. Many people thought it was true that Airbud was born and raised in Al- or Black Falls, Alberta. <laughs> and it is true that I had a dog named Buddy, who I brought right. as a three-year-old dog. But it is not. But it's not the it same is dog. not Airbud. But I used to tell. Basically everybody, anyone who came to my house within oh, like a span of three hilarious. to four years. But I, that's fine. Like it's a little joke. Like I didn't, I don't think I've offended you by no. telling you that and then revealing that it was a joke. But I, for many people, I didn't, ne- I never revealed that it was an untruth. Right. Like it so, was like your claim to fame or what was the I purpose don't know. Like of it was the kind story of like, Well, that's the, the, where I may need some counseling. Like why did I do it? Cause it's not that impressive. Like it's. It's kind of like, it's, wow, really? You're famous. Yeah. Sort of. Not really, but. And, but it doesn't also, it does also doesn't really hurt anyone. Like, it's just a harmless it's little. It's like a white lie. We've talked about these. Yeah. yeah. And I may have even confessed that I used to do enjoy telling these kinds of lies. But this is probably one, the biggest one that had the most people. Oh, man. That's Kind of convinced. And, uh, yeah, I would just never reveal to them that wasn't true. And. I think, yeah, I don't know what it was. Maybe like a power trip, like being able to manipulate people. Are people, people. listening now going to know for the well, first the time that I'm it's... I'm thinking of this is because on our camping trip, <laughs> yeah. it came up. Someone asked the question, like, what's the most impressive thing you did as an 18-year-old? Yeah. Or like, what did you achieve? And someone who knew this lie that I had told kind of made the joke, well, Ty, you had Airbud. <laughs> but then someone else who had heard that as, as, the, truth. as the truth was there. Mm. And then I kind of, I kind of, at this point, I'm not keeping this going anymore. I kind of revealed, like, oh yeah, I used to tell people that, 
but for a few people, they were kind of like shocked. They were like, because they thought it was real. Yeah, there's a few people there who, for all these years, we're in our mid thirties. <laughs> thought for that I had been the huh. connected to the. Did that? Dog. How did that impact how they thought about you? Well, we talked. We did debrief a little bit, like a little bit, maybe like hurt their their trust in me. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but. But also, yeah, I kind of had forgotten that I had even done that back then. So oh, I'm confessing hilarious. now. Like, if there's, I say congrats. That's a good confession. That's <laughs> yeah, that an all timer. I, I hope there are some listeners out there who can, who are, who, uh, this is a true confession for them. Yeah. Like they'll be like, oh, and oh, please man. email if that's you. I, well, I really want to hear from Listener, you. you're probably wondering what else has he lied to me about. <laughs> I know, and I. It's a new series in their podcast. It's hard to say, that, but like. I do not do this anymore. This is like a, <laughs> and I know he may say I may be lying about that, but yeah, that was a oh, little phase in so my life funny. where I like telling little lies and seeing how long I could yeah how go without go. revealing the truth. Didn't you have the pig from Babe growing up, Chris? Did yeah. you mention that? Yeah. And it did talk. And you had the fish from Nemo? Yes. Got lost all the it time. It did talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Tyler. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank it's you. It's good to get that off your chest, I bet. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you want to get something off your chest, you know what to do. Yeah. In fact, if you forget, you should email us. So we've received lots of emails over the last few weeks. HarmoniousGentleman at gmail.com. Yeah. It only feels like lots of emails because we've only checked once over the True. last okay, few fair. weeks. But, True. But, all, but we appreciate all the, one, all the emails and messages that we have received. Um, keep following us and spreading our posts and stuff on social media, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I had a couple people in person say how they really like have guests and they wonder how do we get guests and are we looking for new ones? So if you have ideas for guests for us, we're always curious to hear what you think. We love it. Yeah. Yep. Well, the answer to the first question, how do we get them is we just ask them. That's right. Yeah. They were so. surprised to know that it's like <laughs> basically a cold call. Yeah. 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 And often they say yes. And that's on you guys. You guys do a great job of that. There's one potentially coming up that I'm extremely excited about. Yeah, we I won't really say hope who it, it is, out. but we have a, an iron in the fire. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's continue this sort of uh, lazy summer, you guys. Mm-hmm. Trying to get one done for August, but otherwise, let's just keep relaxing. And right on. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk to you, uh, you all very soon. Yeah. Shout out to Cilantro and Chai for hosting us. Yeah. I should say that again. Tyler and I both had the same chicken sandwich. How was your uh, fish and chips? I had fish and chips. It was very good. Yeah. yeah. And but. Blind Man for great beers that we enjoyed. Thanks, Riley. Thanks, Hans. See ya. See you guys.